Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yo, what's up? This is Truth Seeker. You're now listening to the Mythicist Podcast. We got an amazing show today. We're going to be taking calls again. I know we haven't taken calls in probably a year or so like that, but I think I got it figured out where we can start taking calls and get you guys plugged into the conversation. So this episode, we're going to be speaking about should Christians uh, be involved with, should Christians try mushrooms? So that's, I know it's a very controversial subject, but that's what we're talking about today. Uh, as a Christian myself, I'm going to be talking about my exper- uh, experiences with um, the substance and the um, the plant medicines and stuff as well. We have on the line Chris Rushing from Akluva Native American Church of Inner Light in Warrior, Alabama. Did I say it right, man? Yeah, you did. You said it just right. It's a mouthful, man. But yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, ever since I've seen a couple of videos on Facebook that you were in Alabama and some of the things that you and your church were involved in with the use of um, some of the sacred uh, plants and um, plant medicines and uh, the sacraments that you guys were using. Um, Can you give us just a little bit of info about what you guys are involved with, with the plant medicines and stuff like that at your church? Um, Sure. Uh, Well, what we uh, use is any, uh, we deem sacraments, Anything that the Mother Earth provides, whatever grows from her is our sacrament, you know, however we choose to use that. And um, as far as the uh, regulated sacraments, um, that would be the peyote cactus, the cannabis flowers, uh, whole plant, um, as well as the psilocybin mushroom. And uh, those are the, the three main uh, sacraments that we use in ceremony and uh, health uh, to battle things like cancer and uh, other uh, depression issues and things like like that. But um, as far as trying to go through a whole list, you know, like I said, that would be everything, anything that grows out of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's your what's your background? Are you, I know I know you guys are a Christian church, correct? That's correct. We do believe in Jesus Christ and Father God Almighty. So was this something um, that, that, that you maybe had a born-again experience first, and then the psychedelics and um, stuff came later? Or what was the, the process of that coming into your life with, with, with finding Christ? Well, um, I was involved with the medicines when I was young. Uh, when I say when I was young, I would say from the age of about 19 to 20 until around 21 or so I had uh, experience with the mushroom and I had no idea what it was, what the sacred uh, value of it was or anything. I had just been introduced uh, through friends, you know, living here in the South, they were pretty abundant, you know, around. And um, I had some pretty um, 
powerful experiences back then, but I never really understood the sacredness of it, even though that I felt it and I felt something that touched me, you know, inside in that way of, uh, the peacefulness and the beauty of the things that I saw and experienced. But, uh, then because of me not having the, the proper guidance through elder traditions and, you know, just shaman traditions, I, I, you know, was reckless with it and used, uh, used it entirely too much until I had, you know, some experiences that kind of put me off of it for a while. And, um, I started, you know, I was told that those things were evil and that I shouldn't be messing with them because I, I was brought up in a Christian household, you know, in Christian, uh, beliefs. Um, at least, you know, let me clarify that, uh, Christian church beliefs, you know, that are the, uh, the modern beliefs that most people have that they call Christianity. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I believe in that most of that has been tainted, uh, yeah. to this day. Most of the church doctrines that I have tried to get involved with, um, as I study more and more of Christ and his teachings, they really are way far away from the things that he taught. And most, most of them are complete fabrications of, uh, of things that, uh, that he taught, you know, there, they take different passages and twist them into things that they want them to say, rather than actually living by what he said and what he taught. And, but to get back to my experience with the medicines, I ended up letting that go for about a decade of my life or so, because, um, you know, I just felt like it was wrong because of what I was told and, I needed to go and just become an adult, you know, per se, I guess. And so when I did that, I really fell into a lot of darkness of, uh, you know, just really dark music and uh, pornography addiction and things that the world throws at us that we don't see coming because, uh, you know, because of the fact that we're not taught the truth, um, you know, where people hide from the subjects that we should be talking about with our children. So, um, in, uh, 2007, I had an experience with, uh, medicines again, uh, through a mutual friend. And it, the only way that I can explain it is it was like, there was a switch inside me that was thrown. And, I I realized I remembered who I used to be and, and the peacefulness and the person that I had or that I was in my youth. And, um, so God spoke to me about how that had been brought about by the experience that I had. And, uh, I really started to seek more of spiritual path and who God truly is. And, um, trying to put aside things that I had been taught because I just realized that, uh, you know, without putting aside the things that we are taught are absolute truth and really seeking the truth, there's really no way to find it. You mm-hmm. know, um, we just stay stuck in, whatever we're taught by society or by those that are around us that want to control our minds and control our lives and, and tell us what's right from wrong, um, where we really need to go inside ourselves and find the creator on our own path and, uh, and see what's right for us. You know, obviously there are evils that none of us should, uh, should be involved in as born again followers of Christ. But, uh, 
I believe that there's a there's a lot of tainted information about what those evils truly are. Yeah, we've we've kind of seen that the church really demonizes the things that they don't understand or absolutely. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe in your case as well where you was living a reckless life and you was involved with them as well, um so they approach it and, and they give it a a um negative light because maybe when they did it they were living a um you know what I'm saying? They were just out there just reckless and using it as a party drug and all of these type of things. Um, and and I, I'm pretty sure from the research I've done, my own experiences, and uh, you know what I'm saying, that you would agree with that as well, that it's not a party drug, that you would just do it just nonchalantly, just hanging out, just because you have nothing to do at a party or something, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, that's definitely not the way that uh, these – this medicine, uh, particularly the mushroom, is used, um, or it should not be used that way, although a lot of people do. But that's the reason that a lot of people get find themselves in situations that they don't understand and they have what people call bad trips. Um, I, I myself don't believe that there is a, a such thing as a bad trip because no matter how much darkness I've seen revealed to me through the medicine, uh, that this world has in it. It's always been something that I learned from. Yeah. Um, I may not have understood why I was in the place I was in while I was experiencing it. And I may have experienced even a lot of fear and anxiety at times, but after, you know, the experience is over and it has time to register in your mind and in your soul, there's always things that uh, that are, we're meant to take away from that and that help us to be the more pure-hearted and truthful person that God wants us to be uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. There's a, a scripture, I believe it is in Jeremiah, which states that God is petitioning his people to return back to the ancient path, to return to... Um, Basically, for me, when I read that, it's like, come back to God before it was tainted with all of this religion, with all of these rules and regulations to return back to nature. And, you know, when things were a lot easier. And so with that scripture out there, there almost feels like there's this resurgence of people who are not um, satisfied with the status quo in the churches. They're not I mean, they see the holes in the doctrines for the doctrines that we've been taught through Christianity. Most of them are not even biblical. Like some of the main church traditions that we hold to in church are not biblical at all. They're almost like com completely opposite. And so, well, that's what I was going to say. They're not mm -hmm. just not bi biblical, but they're <laughs> actually uh, fabrications and blasphemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so, but with the returning back to, to nature and returning back um, to the source, it's also a form of repentance because it's like to turn around, to turn back, to have a change of heart. And so the message of, of repentance is still coming forth, but just to turn away from the materialism, turn away from the debate, the, the backbiting, just everything that we know religion today to be. Um, and, and, and actually go back to when times were a lot easier. That's what I feel that we're being called to. And at the same time, I feel that there is an intelligence behind it. And these sacraments are calling out to people. 
people who have no idea what they are, people who have never watched a, a documentary. But when they see something, they feel this urge that it's calling to them that, that, that you know, maybe they want to tell them something. Maybe it wants to teach them something. So definitely, if we, we look at alternative science and we can see that there's so much studying going on right now about psilocybin and about the effects that it has on the human body and on the human brain. Um, also dealing with neurogenesis, regrowing brain cells and healing people's minds, curing them of addiction whenever they go on psilocybin uh, encounters with these mushrooms and being delivered from cigarettes, alcoholism, heroin, all of these things that people are being delivered from um, sounds a lot like Jesus, man. Sounds a, a lot like encounters that people are having with uh, Jesus in the spirit of love. What, what do you say about that? Like, w- would you relate the two? Because I, I see Jesus as just love incarnate. And when people are on these mushroom encounters, they speak about this tremendous love that just takes over their whole body. They can not only know that they're loved, but on these journeys, people report that they feel love. Like they can literally feel love all over their whole body. Where's the the um, connection there? Is it a part of Christ? Are they having an encounter with Christ in, in, in some of these situations? I believe so in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Son of God is... Uh, the son of the God of all of us and the embodiment of the creator of all of us. And um, like you said about the, uh, the modern religions tend to separate everything and, and they tend to act like that God shows favoritism and that he cares about these people, but doesn't care about these other people because, you know, they worship pagan gods or this or that. And, and what I, God has shown me is that he, sent messengers to everyone um, to tell about the path of love and light and brotherly kindness and just living in that pure, unconditional, true love of love for our neighbor, just like we love ourselves. And people talk about that a lot, but I rarely see it exhibited. You know, people talk about how they love their neighbors, but they still have cross thoughts that are based in evil about the people around them. They still, you know, stab people, you know, their coworkers in the back for promotions Mm -hmm. when they know that it's not right. They still do whatever is good for them. And they call themselves God's people and Christians. And I don't want to talk bad about the Christian faith because I totally believe in it and I believe in God and Jesus Christ and everything that, that they did here on this earth for humankind. But that word Christian and Christianity has just been so twisted by these false doctrines that I believe are the exact same doctrines that Peter and Paul warned us about in the New Testament that we're trying to get hold of the the churches and change them and um you know paul said that these people were cursed that were bringing these doctrines and that if any other doctrine other than what they brought was brought to the people that they should not listen that uh, even if him himself or an angel from heaven brought a new doctrine that it was a that they were cursed you know that this was mm-hmm. not 
something that should be embraced, but it has been embraced. Um, You know, these medicines can show people their path. You know, I know that from personal experience. It it sounds like you, you know, believe that too from your personal experience. And I'm not saying that this is for everybody, but I believe like you do that if people – hear about it and it calls to them that then that is definitely the creator telling them what they need Mm -hmm. you know and what can show them their true purpose in life their true path you know that god created them for and put them here on this earth you know none of us know exactly why we're here every detail you know but i know that people seek for the meaning of life and the meaning of life is just to love everybody and love each other and live in that spirit of love and brotherhood that Christ taught us to live in. You know, when, when God came down to the earth in the embodiment of Jesus Christ, he showed us the way we should all live. You know, he, that was the purpose for that and to make the sacrifice to put us back in connection with the creator you know Mm -hmm. i don't fully understand all of that of how all of that you know had to happen why it had to happen and i don't believe that i'm supposed to understand that i'm just supposed to know that i should love all and never do any evil you know anything that i know to be wrong or any of us know to be wrong is based in evil if we do that those things you know um this medicine, what it did for me in the mushroom I'm speaking of, it would put my life under a microscope um, and show me little details of my life where I was not doing mm-hmm. that very thing of loving my neighbor as I love myself, where I could see things that I did on a daily basis or on a monthly basis or even you know, every hour of my life where I... I was taking, you know, somebody for granted or, or I was doing something that wasn't the path of light that wasn't, yeah. you know, truly representing the creator and Jesus Christ. And, and I could bring those things back, you yeah. know, from my experience and apply that to my life. And as I continued to go through these experiences, I could see the change and so could all of my family around me and even the ones that were really strict, you know, uh, they could see that there was differences and they wanted to know what, and it saddens me that people are, don't talk to me anymore because they think that I'm the one that has demons now, you know? Um, but like I said to them and like I'll say to everybody, that's exactly what they said to Jesus. Exactly. Christ as well. You know, he told the truth and the demons tried to shut him down and, and that they weren't successful and they won't be successful with us as either. You know, um, it's, if we are truly following our path that God has called us on, then we are truly invincible. You know, no evil can touch us. And exactly. That's what, uh, I want to, tell the world you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not trying to go out and be timothy leary and tell everybody to turn on tune in and drop out you know that was very reckless i believe that 
he was a lot of the reason that things got shut down when we had all of that promising research in the late 60s and early 70s, you know, even from the early 60s, you know, people were yeah. using these substances for a lot of really good things. Like you mentioned, depression and, and alcoholism and, you know, even the founder of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. mm-hmm. he, you know, used things that he learned through his LSD experiences to create the 12 step program. Yep. But, you know, people don't want to hear that anymore. You know, there's, there's too much money to be made, you know, um, to let this information out too strongly. And I believe that's the reason that, uh, uh, that we can't get on major news feeds and talk about these things because people prevent it you know they the pharmaceutical drugs are so such a huge huge money-making business that that uh you know if you if somebody could take a mushroom one time in their life and put down heroin or put down cocaine or put down tobacco or or you know never have to go to another therapist uh again you know then a lot of people lose a lot of money you know and uh uh i believe that that's a motivation um that keeps this knowledge from the public you know especially when we have uh schools like johns hopkins school of medicine and ucla and uab here in birmingham and you know these these places and, and that's just to name a few. There are many yeah. others that going on around the country and, and around the world that have shown major positive, positive uh, results using these substances. Exactly. Now, a lot of the, a lot of these places use synthetics, synthetic uh, psilocybin too. But see, that's another way that uh, that the pharmaceutical companies still get their anchors into this, you know, because uh, for some reason the mushroom must not be safe enough that they have to use synthetically produced psilocybin, which, uh, if you, you know, listen to shamans, like with the, the Abogene research and stuff, you know, that's the opiate, uh, treatment that comes from the aboga plant, uh, in Africa, you know, they will tell you that when they synthesize these drugs, instead of using the natural plant that they're, removing all the spiritual properties out of that Uh, Mm -hmm. you know whether what they under whether they understand fully what's going on or not i mean because i know people have still had spiritual experiences with the synthetic you know uh versions of these there's got to be something that we're missing you know um yeah doing that and uh well with that said i do want to be fair and say that I know that Johns Hopkins did get approved to use the mushroom in one or two studies, maybe even more than that, a, a couple of years ago. But, you know, I, from what I understand, they're back to using the, the synthetics and stuff now because of regulations and stuff, you know. But uh, um, something has to be done to get the this awareness out to the people. You know, everybody that is against this, that doesn't know about it already, you know, they just have tainted information, you know, over the years of, of just propaganda mm-hmm. to, uh, keep people away from this stuff. And to me, that's a criminal, 
a fence, you know, to keep nature from people that could heal their bodies because you want to make money off of them. And, and uh, I don't understand why our government allows that to happen. Yeah, one of the major reasons that I wanted to get you on the show, not only wanted, but I needed to get you on the show, is the fact that because of all of the research and the resurgence that's going on, this stuff, like I said, I feel like it's calling out to people, and there's so much research being done right now. And I think every day we're making steps in a, um, for positive change when it comes to these um, sacred substances. And, you know, why I wanted to get you on was because everybody who's speaking up, for the most part, if you're involved with, like, uh, Amber Lyon, with Reset.me, you know what I'm saying, Joe Rogan, all of these people who are speaking out on, on the issue, most of them are having these life-changing experiences, but they're not Christians, right? They don't believe in Jesus or whatever the case is, but they may be atheists, have the experience, and then come back believing in God, like a universal God of love and of light and of peace, right? So when I absolutely, so when I, whenever I heard your uh, interview and you mentioned that you guys are Christians and you guys believe the Bible and you guys believe. In Jesus Christ, and it's not, you know, what I'm saying that He is the supreme power. He is um, the Son of God, right? And He died on the cross, and and you know was um, risen from the dead for our sins and paid our sin debt. And so to hear Christians talking about this, there I, I couldn't find anybody out now. There was, you know, stuff published a long time ago, but to hear Christians being vocal about being a Christian, loving Jesus, trusting in Jesus. Uh, believing in intimacy and worship and meditation and prayer, but also believing in the importance of these sacred uh, plants and these, these um, sacred medicines. That's why I had to have you on the show. So we're talking about this from a Christian perspective, not uh, from the perspective of a, of a of a new ager, of an atheist, of a of of someone who's who's just open to everything, but someone who believes and loves Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So with that being said, this is how our experiences are coming from, from the Christian mindset. And so I'm, there is a huge disconnect there. That's why I wanted to have you on as well, to, to really try to bridge the gap there, or at least try to come on the show and do that. So with those people listening who are like, man, you guys are on some really rock, uh, rocky ground, man. There's no really any biblical uh, truth to what you guys are saying. And uh, people have come up with all these different things while they're scared or they just repeat what they heard. What would you yeah. say to the people? Cause people are going to say it. Uh, and it, because they've told me, uh, dealing with these mushrooms and dealing with these sacred medicines, that this is what the Bible calls, um, uh, pharmacia that you guys are dealing with sorcery. What would you say to that? I would say that that's absolutely ridiculous because, um, unless they believe that, uh, eating, uh, you know, any other thing that grows from the ground is sorcery. I mean, obviously people can use things that have powerful properties for light or darkness. Mm -hmm. um, the enemy takes the things that the creator and that God gives us um, to use for his purpose, and, and he corrupts it. You know, Lucifer is always done that from the beginning of time you know uh, god puts things here to spread love and truth and the enemy 
comes in and corrupts that. I'm obviously, you know, that's what is going on. You know, I, I believe living in the kingdom of darkness, which is what Christ called this, this perverse generation, this evil and wicked place, you know, the valley of the shadow of death, you know, if there are things here that are deemed to be evil, you know, that really don't have any real good reason for it other than people just say, oh, that's witchcraft or that's whatever uh, they want to call it, um, we should probably be looking a little closer at that because um, people just tend to not acknowledge the fact that we are living in the kingdom of darkness. You know, we are supposed to be the light shining in the darkness, but so often, more often than not, I see people that claim to be Christian are just a part of that darkness themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Most doctrines that I have encountered that have had problems, problems with our use of plant medicines are doctrines that think that, uh, you know, everything outside of what they believe, you know, that they've been taught is evil. You know, how are plants evil? You know, Mm -hmm. how are things inherently evil? It's what you do with the plants and the fungi and the cacti. It's the intention that we set that makes things righteous or unrighteous. Mm-hmm. You know, we we choose r- the path of righteousness or unrighteousness, and I believe that the whole reason that people are turned off from these medicines in the first place, especially that the church wants to talk bad about them, is the whole purpose that Lucifer has to keep people away from them, because they will open their minds and show them a better way to live, a better path, you know, uh, that's exactly why the government decided to shut all of this down in the in the late 60s, you know, is because there was too much connectedness, too many people coming together, too, yeah. too many youth saying, we're not going to fight in your wars, we're not going to hate people because they don't have the same skin color as we do, you know. They started taking these substances and those barriers and walls fell. And they could see past all of the lies and the things that all of the society had told them. You're not supposed to mingle with with these people because they're not like you. But actually, we're all like each other. You know, the the darkness only wins when they keep us separate. You know, and Paul asks, were these things not carnality? You know, because God shows no partiality at all. Mm -hmm. You know. It's strange to me when I read the scriptures and then I go and I talk to people that say they live by these scriptures, yet they completely contradict them with every single part of their life. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I can't I, I can't understand that other than God just keeps telling me the blind leading the blind. They both fall into a hole. You know, that's what Christ said. These are the blind leading the blind, and they both fall into a hole. So, you know, that's that's major words. You know, that, that really hits home with me that people just take what they're taught and they run with it because it's, 
easier to do that than it is to seek the truth and knock on the door of truth and actually look in your spiritual mirror and see what is the real truth, you know, instead of this is what my parents told me was the truth. So I'm just going to believe this until I die. And I was just having a conversation about that with another church member literally two hours ago, Mm -hmm. you know, his dad is having health issues that could really be helped using cannabis extracts. But because of his upbringing, he says he would rather die than do that. Wow. And I think that is exactly what Lucifer intended, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes me sad, but, uh, you know, what can you do about that? People make their minds up and it's because they don't really know God. They don't have any real relationship with the creator other than, they were told 20, 30, 40, 10 years ago, however old they are, that they could say a prayer and get saved. And then now they have a free get into heaven card, you mm-hmm. know, and that is the biggest lie that the devil ever told, you know, and yeah. I see so many people that are caught in that, though, they believe that they can't ever stop doing evil, that It's just part of who we are, you know, and that that's the reason that they have to ask for forgiveness. And, you know, they say they have to ask for forgiveness every day. And that's nowhere in the scriptures. Jesus Christ said to repent and repent means to turn off of the path of wickedness and onto the path of God. You know, once and for all, you repent. You know, Mm -hmm. you choose to never do anything that you know to be wrong again. And, you know, I was having this conversation with another member the other day. You know, sin is not sin until we understand that it's sin. Exactly. You know, Paul Paul said that, you know, he was alive until he saw the law. And once he saw the law, sin sprang to life in him and he died, mm-hmm. you know. And we then he also said that once he chose the path of God, he separated and he became the inner spiritual man, but that still had to live in the body of death is what he called it. You know, and he said that he saw two forces at work in him, him and the body, and that he still had to deal with all of the things that the body did. And he was so frustrated with it. Who would save him from this body of death? And he said, thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and what that means is, is that even though we've made the choice to repent and walk without sin, never doing anything wrong that we know to be wrong again, the body is still going to do things that we have to bring into submission. You know, Mm -hmm. when the body does things, that's not us unless we did it consciously. And if we recognize wrongdoing when the body does something and we bring it immediately into submission as soon as we recognize it, then we had no sin. There was no sin in that. You know, um, That is what people don't seem to understand. That's the main thing that seems to be a major eye-opening conversation that I see people have, you know, when I'm talking with them and they are Christians and they believe their whole life that they can never measure up to God. The scripture does say that we all fall short of the glory of God, but we're not supposed to continue falling short. We're supposed (laughs) to repent 
and walk the path of righteousness. And mm-hmm. John said in First John that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jesus told people, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Now, if we had no choice, why would God the Creator tell us, go and sin no more? What, did people really believe that he was just trying to torment us? A lot of people believe that. Us? A lot of people believe that. That's sad. You know, it that is, is sad. sad. It you definitely know? creates uh, Christians and believers who are double-minded in, in their thinking that uh, Jesus is telling them something that they can't really fulfill and he knew that when he said it, he was just challenging them. Like people really believe that, man. But he he did say, "Go and sin no more." He did say that we can live a sin free life through what Christ yeah. did on the cross for us, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, with Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ out of us, the manifestation of that glory. We are the manifestation of the sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, right? So. Absolutely. I want to open up the phone lines here in a minute. We got some some guests on on the line who want to uh, ask questions and kind of give their experiences as well. So if anybody's listening and you would love to call in and and give your experience with psilocybin or these other substance um, natural substances, definitely do that. The number is posted at mythesis.me. Call in, put the pin number in, and we'll we'll gladly have you guys in on the show to ask a question or tell us your experiences. So with that being said. Um, there is an awakening happening, and this is just something that we were almost dragged into. This is not something that we went searching out for. This is something that was calling to most of us as a child, as a teenager, having this call and just this life uh, being set up to have these different encounters and experiences and angelic encounters and all of these, these things going on. And now we find ourselves as Christians having these supernatural encounters that most churches don't want to talk about, um, they don't want to, you know, they, they, they're going to say it's demonic if you, if you bring it up. So we got to have platforms like this to talk about it and to kind of just give our encounters and give our experiences. Because if not, like you said, that's a big tragedy. That's an, an injustice because they're going to ask questions, especially if this if this uh, sacred plant is calling out to them. Right. They're going to ask questions. Absolutely. They're going to get on Google. And so we want to just provide some Christian understanding for Christians out there who are maybe sitting on the fence or they want to do it. They feel like it's calling them. But then again, there's all of that unlearning that has to go on. So with what we need to do, if this is you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Most people who are listening to this are, I mean, they're on board. That's that's what we need to understand, that there are other people who are already on board and they're looking for somebody to speak up, somebody to say something. And I believe that's where this show comes in. That's where your church comes in. And I know we haven't really covered it, man, but I want you to go into a little bit more detail about your church because you guys are actually set up in Warrior, Alabama, and you guys have like a government um, exemption, right? You guys can uh, freely practice with the use of these sacred uh, medicines right now, correct? That's correct. We do have a federal exemption um, for our church ceremonies, for our sacraments and the things that we use. These are exemptions that have been won through Supreme Court rulings across the nation uh, over the last, um, I I don't even remember when the first one was, somewhere around 50 years or so uh, going on now. So um, these are things that have been persecuted 
ever since Europeans came here, uh, not even just here, but down in uh, Mexico uh, in the 1500s, you know, the Spanish Inquisition showed up there and found the mushroom um, church and called it blasphemy and persecuted them so much that they had to go into hiding. Uh, They lied about uh, the things that were being done with the mushroom, you know, uh, fabricating stories that uh, just make no sense, stories of mass orgies going on. And anybody that knows about these medicines knows that you're completely away from desires of the flesh when you're in the midst of a, of, you know, meditation through psilocybin for sure. You know, I've never had things where I was connected to my flesh in that way, you know, Mm -hmm. during those, those experiences, it takes us out of our connection to this body and all of its problems and shows us something more. Um, we, we, um, are here in warrior currently seeking land so that we can start having fire ceremony and public gatherings and we can start offering help to people that need it by them becoming members of our church and with all of that said um i think that it's you know a form of just blasphemy to have to force people to join a church to use the nature that god gave us but that is the government that we live under, you know, they force these things or they persecute us. Um, so what we are trying to do here is create, um, a wellness center, one among many that we want to see happen across the country where we can offer these medicines to people that they are calling to, where we can give them the help that they need, that we know that these medicines can show and, up until recently with the research, it was real easy for churches like ours and others to be shut down with uh, calling us having hallucinations and being deceived by demons. But with all of this current research mm-hmm. backing it up in science, you know, these they are showing where the things that the elders have been talking about for thousands of years are true. You know, these other energy fields, I mean, we we use these other energy fields that, that we see with the medicines right now in, in life. And we're using them right now on the cell phone that I have, you know, the Wi-Fi, um, anything that is energy wavelengths that are not visible to the eye, you know, we have found ways to harness that. And those are the things that the medicines reveal in the physical world. You know, they reveal, more of reality rather than showing us hallucinations, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, uh, it's really amazing to me that science has, uh, has started to back that up. And that yeah. this is an exciting time in the life of humanity ever since this industrial age that is trying to kill the earth and our species and everything else along with it. Yeah. What are some of the, um, um, victories that you've seen with some of the members who you you guys have had sessions with? Have you seen, uh, you know, people coming over, um, overcoming these addictions and things as well when you guys are having um, 
these ceremonies? Because I know like a big thing about it, what I notice is that you overcome the fear of death. Like many people have a fear of dying. And once you have these encounters, most people, I mean, even as a Christian where you're supposed to go to heaven and you, you have these these, you know, assurances and, and you're actually guaranteed to go to heaven. There's still this this fear of dying. But after having um, an encounter with the psilocybin, I, I lost all fear of death. Are you guys seeing anything like that? Absolutely. That's one of the major things that I've had to, of personal experience myself is, is, you know, losing the fear of death, the fear of leaving the body. And, uh, you know, that's something that I have to remind myself of a lot that I have lost that. And I used to be a different person when I'm dealing with a lot of people that have fear still, you know, that, uh, you know, whether, you know, whether it's in church members or whether it's just dealing with everyday life, a lot of people are just stuck in a fearful place. And we have seen with church members that have been through this, them come out of those places of fear and tremendous anger. Um, one of the members that I think of most uh, of all is uh, a man that was in you know, the military, he was over, you know, in war and he came back here with a lot of anger issues and depression and scared to death for his daughter because he had a new daughter to even be in the part, a part of this world with all the evil and the problems. And he tells me about how he was really, um, you know, just starting to seclude himself from the whole world, you know, other than going to work and coming home and he didn't even want to get out around people and his anger issues were getting so bad that he felt like he was going to snap on people just for being mean and stuff. But when he was introduced to me and became a member of the church and he was introduced to the medicine, you know, he, his whole life is different. You know, he saw, that there wasn't anything to be worried about as long as he taught his children the ways of God. And this is somebody that did not like Christianity at all. This is somebody that has family that are Wiccan religion, and they believe that all Christians, you know, were just judgmental, mean people. And he tells me all the time that he wouldn't know God if he hadn't have met me and become a part of our family and that is really an amazing testimony because all i did was tell him the truth of jesus christ and give him the medicine and the medicine has spoken to him more than anything and and i've seen that uh it's just been miraculous and amazing you know and that goes with uh research that's been going on where they have you know the government has allowed people that are terminally ill um, that are, have tremendous anxiety from fear of death to go through these experiences, like I said, with the synthetic psilocybin and uh, in these medical settings, and they are losing the fear of death, and it's easing their anxiety, and they're finding God and, and peace with God, and that's a truly amazing thing, in my opinion. Yeah. It, yeah, it uh, definitely is, man. Um, or people are becoming free when they're, whenever they're doing this. And I believe when people are, are experiencing love and experiencing true freedom and deliverance that they're 
experiencing Jesus in one form or another, even if we don't want to call it that. You can call it whatever you want, but that love, peace, joy is the Holy Spirit, man, and it comes in many forms, and and I think it really transcends our belief systems. Um, there is a scripture, man, that after I had a um, heavy encounter on psilocybin that I felt like I left my body and went to the place that we go when we die. Like I, I felt like I went to the place um, that the scripture calls heaven. I, I feel like I went to heaven and, and it was totally different than what we um, can imagine. We think that we're going to be people when we get there. We're going to have physical bodies and look exactly the same. This place I, I encountered was a place of total energy, um, of love, of colors, of bliss. It was so beautiful. Um, I, I was coming and going, so it was hard to kind of grasp what was going on. And whenever I got back from that retreat, um, this scripture became so real to me after hearing about, you know, people doing meditations and stuff like that and going to heaven and traveling back and forth, things like that. This scripture st- stood out to me um, so much, which is in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul speaks about going to heaven, right? So it's like 12, I think it starts at... Um, Two, maybe? Okay, well, I'll start it. I want to read it right quick. It's 2 Corinthians 12. We'll start at 1. It says, It is necessary to go on boasting, though it is not profitable. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Or God, uh, he said, I do not know. God knows. So he's saying, he, um, most scholars believe he's talking about himself, right? And so he says that this person goes to heaven. He gets caught up into heaven. He said it was so real that he didn't. He don't. He don't know if he really went, like his whole body went and traveled to heaven, or out of the body, conscious. Um, you know, his 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 consciousness going. So it says whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So it was caught out and caught up into the third heaven, and it says. And I know this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know God knows. He kind of re- reiterates, he says, was caught up into paradise. And this part right here, it says, and heard things too sacred to be put into words, things that a person is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such an individual, I will not boast, but, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except about my weaknesses. So he talks about getting caught up into this third heaven and seeing things and hearing things that he can't even put in the words like there's yeah, no there's no right. way you can if you tried to explain it even this podcast is not going to do justice of the beauty and the the revelation that you get about yourself about your life what you're supposed to be doing in your life um your past learning how to cope with your past and being forgiven and totally free from your past all of this stuff comes to play on a psilocybin encounter and being caught up into this place and seeing the beauty, seeing the colors, I've tried to um, recreate it in interviews and tell people about it, but my words fall short. And it's something that you have to see for yourself. So this is something, too, that was also mentioned in a lot of the Christian mystic literature that wasn't allowed to get into the Bible. But there are some of these verses like this one and several others that would talk about going back and forth from heaven to earth and, and beholding these beauties. And I tell you what, when I had that experience that, that rocked my world, it changed me in an in a amazing way. I dealt with so much of my past that I thought I had, that I thought was behind me. 
um, with my life and where I'm going, my vision, what I need to do for the next steps to get to my vision. Um, I want to ask you this. Whenever I was there, I fully believe that whether it's the plants have an angelic consciousness or an energy to them, that is something that is alive. Like when I was there, I felt like something was guiding me. Something was communicating with me, something angelic. I mean, what would you say about that? I know we talk about the golden teachers as well. And these are something that we've kind of coined a phrase of being an angelic force, the golden teachers that meet with us and teach us that these are these, these angelic people that even Terrence McKenna, uh, who's not, who's not a Christian, but he believed that there was um, this angelic type of communication that the mushrooms were a communication device with these higher um, entities, which we as Christians would call angelic. Right. Um, What would you say about that? I would say the same thing. Um, I believe that God created all types of beings. The scripture backs that up, you know, that there are all types of angelic beings that uh, some we know of, some that we don't. And that, yes, I've had encounters with uh, other beings that I've felt around. Um, One in particular time that I had an encounter like that, um, I feel like that I may have had an, an endogenous or in the body uh, DMT burst. I've never had DMT before, uh, other than through the analog of, of psilocybin and then psilocin being 4-hydroxy DMT. But I had a, a blast off ex- experience, and I've never had that but that one time. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw a tunnel of rainbows that I went through, but then I was in this space that seemed to be dark everywhere except for this beautiful mesmerizing light that looked like um like you said you can't put it into words but i've tried over the last few years to put it into words and the only thing that i can say is it reminded me of a a celtic knot Mm. that was made out of ribbons of light (laughs) that were moving constantly and while i was mesmerized watching that I was receiving messages from these other beings. I could, I could, I was aware that there were these other beings around kind of, and it felt like they were checking my body as though it were. And the only way that I can explain again, like, like, like a race car pulls into a Hmm. pit stop to get checked on while it's in the race. You know, it was just a really quick um, encounter. It seemed like, they were checking every part of the body as though it's a suit that I'm in, you know, um, and yeah. and then I felt the, uh, okay, all is good, all systems go, you know, I guess, you know, and then I fell backwards through the tunnel and I was back. I came back to myself and opened my eyes and um, I felt like I was gone out for about 30 seconds tops, but really uh, from other church members that were around they told me that I was out uh, for 30 minutes and that I was pressed into the couch like, uh, you know, just like this tremendous pressure pushed me back mm-hmm. like, uh, like you know, like you would in an airplane or a rocket ship, I guess, you know. It's interesting, uh, these experiences. I told that experience to my one of my elders, and he just kind of smiled at me and, and told me that, uh, that God was my teacher, that uh, 
that, you know, I wouldn't have a human teacher on this earth that God was taking me and teaching me himself. Yeah. And that really was powerful to me and helped me to get grounded um, in what I was doing and to understand what's happening with these medicines. Because I prayed to God to please not let me lead people wrong when I yeah. started to feel that this was the path. You know, mm-hmm. I've been told so much that these things were wrong and evil and I shouldn't be using them. But I knew that in my heart of hearts that... yeah. And in my soul, that that was not correct, that these things were helping me turn into a better human being. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, they were helping me to show my children what it's like to be a real man, a real follower of of Christ, a real godly person, a a real human as we were intended to be. Yeah. You know, uh, and this happened, this change, you know, where when I met Christ, I was, like I said, caught up in a lot of things uh, uh, that were dark, and um, this was in the spring of 2007, or I'm sorry, 2009, uh, when I finally had the encounter with God. He chose to came, come to me and and tell me that I had a choice. I could choose to continue walking, doing the things that I knew were wrong, or I could repent and walk forth with Him, and and these things changed my whole life. And, and I know that that would not have happened without these experiences with this mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have even been looking for a change in life if I had yeah. not had these experiences, you know. And uh, I believe that the government regulation that keeps people from this is complete blasphemy and, and intention, intentional deceit. You know, yeah. and that comes from a lot of history that you can find that, uh, you know, if people just care to look, it's there. You know, the Freedom of Information Act gave us access to a lot of things that they don't want us, didn't want us to know about. I guess it's not a big deal to them now, but, uh, yeah. you know. Um, we we have we have a couple uh, people on the line. I want to try to take some of these callers. And if anybody has any okay. stories, anything you want to share or any questions or you want to, uh, jump on the line with uh, Chris Russian from the um, Oklahoma Native American Church of Inner Light. I want to talk to you. I, I know we talked about it before we went on on uh, air, but here in a little bit, I want you to go into some more detail about the word inner light, because that's something that's been ringing true with me. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let me go ahead and get to some of these callers. All right. So we got a caller from uh, Illinois. What's going on? You're on air. Hey, uh, could you get back to me in a few minutes? Yeah, sure. Alright, it's Matt. Got it. Alright, Matt. Awesome. We'll go back to Matt and we got another caller. I believe this is Dano. He put you Central on hold, Florida. bro. He he put you on hold, bro. <laughs> hey, look, man. It's live uh you know radio. <laughs> this is what we do. What's hey, going on, Dan? So yeah, we're calling in from Honduras down here. <clears throat> and uh, right. I seen I seen this guy. What's your name, bro? I'm just I'm just catching in not too long now. What's your name? My name's Christopher Rushing. Yeah, I seen a, I seen you on the news recently, bro, on on Facebook or the internet or something. Little story about uh, your church or what did I think? You guys were needed to expand, right? Because you had like maximum capacity for a while. Well, we uh, live in a, a home here in uh, 
in Alabama, we have a double wide mobile home that we live in. That's not on property that we own. We live in a small little mobile home park that has four other mobile homes or excuse me, three other mobile homes on it, you know, and it's just a not, you know, we were having services here in the, in the house and it got to be where people were uncomfortable because we don't, we live, like I said, very, uh, um, well, we don't have a lot of furniture. I'll say it like that. You know, we don't uh-huh. feel like that we're supposed to spend a lot of money on our own home. You know, when we're trying to build this, this uh, congregation and build this place to, uh, to help people that God has asked us to do. So, right. um, you know, we're actively seeking land, um, or private property that is owned by members or people to join that have private property where we can start having fire ceremonies and more public, uh, worship services. You know, we just at the time don't have the financial capabilities to make that happen. Right. Yeah. I remember right when I was seeing it or watching it, I was thinking about Derek right away and a couple other friends that we have there in Alabama. Uh, cause I saw you were in Alabama and I was like, and then Derek told me, call in a little while ago. He's like, we're talking about mushrooms and Christianity. Call in. And I was a surprise <laughs> to, uh, to hear you on there. So that's awesome, man, that you guys made that connection. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad to hear from y'all. I'm just, I'm happy that uh, that we have uh, people that care about this. And uh, there's been so much negative feedback that it's really nice to have, uh, to have positive. And I knew people were out there. Um, I was a little you know, nervous about going public on the news and uh, things, but these people called me asking for interviews uh, after I got in touch with Peter Hendricks at UAB. And, uh, you know, he does AL.com interviews, I guess, regularly. And uh, he mentioned them to, mentioned me to them, and it's just kind of progressed from there. But it's all exactly what God wanted to happen and intends. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny because this topic has been up uh, several times come to me from different people, talking to different people from around the world in the last 24, 48 hours. This is probably about the third or fourth time and way that this topic came up. So that must mean that uh, it's important in the foreground of the consciousness right now on the planet, you know? Absolutely. You well, know, let me ask I don't you believe this, in... Uh, and, you know, any kind of coincidence, you know, it's all uh, how it's supposed to be. You know? Right. Dan, as a believer, man, what is your relationship with, with, the, with uh, psilocybin, man, as, as a Christian? Um, it's something that I'm cautious as far as what I say to who because I don't want to. I was just getting done having this conversation earlier today with somebody else just, she, They was asking me about it. Just about like I don't go uh, telling Promoting everybody it. they should do it, right? Telling everybody exactly. they should do it. When people talking to me, I just wound up talking to somebody that was close to me, an older person that used to, you know, they're just having their own awakening and op- opening up to a lot of new things, and they brought it up, and I could read where they were at. You yeah. know, they were like fresh into their everything was new every day. Their minds getting blown. It's like new things every day but I could see there was still a lot of the old that need to be shaken loose and stuff. And, and I just felt in my spirit, like, yeah, this person, they're, they're in a good place and they're, they're ready for it. They would have a beneficial experience. And I say, you know what, you should probably try it out, man, honestly. And, 
But what I was telling somebody else yesterday is that basically when I was younger and I used to do drugs, um, I liked tripping out. I liked getting out of my mind. I liked, you know, getting out of this reality. And if when I did it then, it was still more of a just like a a party and have a good time or have an experience, just wanting to have an experience type thing. But because at that point in my life, I still had a lot of junk inside. I still had a lot of fears that I was suppressing and I didn't even know they were there. I still had all kinds of issues that I wasn't dealing with or couldn't even see. So when I would open my mind up on a on something that would maybe just shift you dimensionally a little bit, you know, shift your frequency or something a little, a lot of times what you tend to do is you tend to project outwardly, almost like in a lucid dream, you know, just little things here and there. They're coming from your subconscious mind. They're coming up from within you, and they're getting like, you know, splattered, painted on the wall to where some stuff is real and really good there, and then sometimes stuff is in your imagination, and they can overlap in such a way where you can't distinguish what is what, you know? So when you have a lot mm-hmm. of junk or darkness inside you that hasn't been dealt with, it tends to open it up to almost like project it outwardly to where you're, you're dealing with yourself through the experience. That's what the experience yeah. is, you know, dealing with yourself. But later, so I would have, so people can have bad experiences, you know? Uh, they can. I honestly haven't heard of that many bad experiences. Bad experiences come from people who have this, like, gluttonous or lustful spirit where enough is never enough you know they want to take it to the extreme they want to keep doing more and more and more instead of just or they want to mix stuff with it they want to you know they want to get drunk with it they want to uh you know be at a party and then do acid and then mix it with ketamine i've heard of people doing it and having terrifying experiences and that scared the hell out of me because they were telling me their experiences but they forgot to tell me that they they did ketamine and they were drunk and they were mixing everything together when right. they did that's the psilocybin. That's, a, that's a, a self-serving trip, and that mm-hmm. right there lets you know it's not going to be beneficial because the real trip is helping you get free from self, helping you get free from this solidified identity of who you think you are as an individual, you exactly. know, and, and lift up into that higher self, which is one with everything. And over the years, years went by, I didn't use psilocybin or, or drugs or anything for several years. And after about six years, I went through my own awakening, getting called out of church, questioning lots of things, being led down different paths. And then, you know, just like the brother said, there is no coincidences. Everything is aligned perfectly for its time and its timing. And at that time, a friend of mine was like, hey, I know this field, man, blah, blah, and took me out there, you know. So for probably about a six or eight month period on a semi-regular frequency, maybe like once, twice a week I would eat them, you know, and I would just do, I would just meditate or I would just observe, be around other people. They wouldn't even know that I had ate a few, you know, and I would just observe. But your consciousness is just in a slightly different state. It doesn't mean you're not in control. You're just in a different state. Your awareness is being aware of different things, mostly non-physical things. And where I was at that point in my life, I mean, I've, I've uh I've had experiences here and there for the last seven right eight years. Like I said, that six eight month period in the beginning. Then I moved to Honduras, so my experiences were much more infrequent. And especially down here, my first couple of years living in a place where I didn't know the language, I didn't know the people. You don't you want to be in a setting that's very comfortable. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, a, a setting that's really comfortable. 
and you just are, you know, you have complete trust and you can put your mind off of everything and just enter into the experience. So I really, I was not even interested in trying to do that down here for the first couple of years, but I have had experiences down here um, on a handful of times and where it is now, my mind, I have a transformed mind. I'm not who I used to be, you know? So the things, even in my subconscious, a lot of things that were down there, I've dealt with. And there might be some other yeah. little lingering things, you know what I mean? And maybe it'll bring that to the surface and show me the things. But for the most part, I'm thinking about goodness and love and light and joy and helping and, and being a part of the solution, not the problem, all the time anyway. So if I go into a, another state that maybe shifts me more into my subconscious than in my conscious mind, well, as long as the things that I'm frequently putting into me are good, positive things, that's pretty much the things that are going to surface and project outward into my experience. You know, so a lot of it has to deal, yeah, honestly, with where you're at inside yourself, who you are and, like, what state you're in at the time that you're embarking on this experience and what your intentions are. And I always, before I have an experience, I always maybe, like, pray audibly or just speak my intentions out. And I say exactly, because usually if I, if I partake, it's because I have a particular question you know, that I've been thinking on or some aspect of life I've been thinking on or some certain kind of thing maybe I'm going through, I want to grow in a certain area. And I, you know, I talk to God. I talk to my father. I'll be honest, I can't hide nothing from God. I can't fool God. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, what's the point of even trying to think sure. like that? But I just say the truth. Like, you know the intention of my heart. It's not bad. It's good. It's for growth and mm-hmm. not just for desire of my flesh. Lord, you know, I've been thinking about this or I'm looking for some insight on this, maybe you can open my mind or, or reveal some things to me in this area. And that's what I'm looking for. And then I partake, you know, and most times, a lot of times you're always going to get something you didn't even know to ask, but you need it, you know. Mm-hmm. But most yeah, times yeah. that I set an intention and ask for something, I, I receive a lot, of, a lot of answers or a lot of insight on that thing, along with many other things that I couldn't have even have thought to ask. Like, revelation after revelation after revelation, just enjoying the flow. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing part of it is, you know, another thing that my elder told me is that uh, the medicines are personal. The creator and his all-knowing power knows who will eat the medicines when he makes them grow from the ground in the first place. Right, I heard so you say that. personal the knowledge. You know, they... They they have an actual message from mm-hmm. my creator for me, you know, that is embedded in the medicine that I choose to use in ceremony. And what you said about dealing with subconscious things until you get through dealing with all of the things that, you, that God intended for you to deal with so that you can be the person that God intends, you know, I totally agree with that. And I've felt that. And that's why I've only had the the mushroom experience one time in the last three years. And that's really? because when, yeah, when I had peyote um, three years ago, I was told that it was time to take a break on all of the medicines for a while until, until further notice is the only way that I can say it, you know, that God told me that. And uh, right. and I realize now why, because I was doing it frequently with others because I felt like when I went through the medicine or took them through the medicine that I needed to have some too so that they didn't feel like that I was just there, you know, uh, 
and not being there with them. You know how a lot of people want you, right. somebody with them. That, uh, right. And I realized that that was causing me to to like lose the sacredness to it. Yeah, that's right. I, because when I first w- was finding my path, I would see the beauty and the light and the things that I needed to deal with, like you said, inside the dark things. When I would see dark things, it was from my own self, from my yeah. inner life of who I, I was and who I didn't want to be anymore and the things that God wanted me to deal with. And then after that, when I got on my path, and I was walking the path that I knew I was supposed to walk, then all of a sudden it changed and I started to see darkness in the world. Right. You know, uh, yeah. I started you could to, identify started it to manifest. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and it got almost threw me into a depression. or It did throw me into a pretty big depression, and I realized through the medicine of the peyote that that's the reason – that I was seeing all of this dark stuff that I didn't necessarily have to be seeing at that point. And God told me the medicine is for the sick. You know, when you, when you need medicine or when you're sick is when you go to the medicine, you know, and like you said, now I realize that the only reason that I would go back to the medicine is because I have things that I need clarified you know, right. things that questions that I have or or certain times in ceremony with other people when we go to pray. And, you know, that is when I need the medicine now. And if I was to take it in any other way, it would be not right of me. Detrimental. Anymore, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And so, I had a similar um, experience to something you were saying uh, during that six to eight month period when it came back around into my life and uh, I grew tremendously from it. I, I was having a lot of, you know, I was every time having revelations and just feeling, you know, totally out there in the spirit. But uh, I I can't remember where I got the message. If it was through a video on YouTube or from somebody, and somebody had said to me, once you have the experience, I can't remember how they worded it, but it was basically like, once you've received the revelation, you don't got to keep seeking the revelation. You know, yeah, they were basically right. telling me, like, you know, the, the 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 farthest point of the revelation, which you can just keep on elaborating on that point, but the point that brings you to oneness with God or oneness with the Spirit or oneness with the One, you know, oneness with the All, bring you to that point. I mean, that's it. You know, and then you can sit there and ponder on it and think about what all that means, but that's the revelation. And what, by whatever means you get led down the path to that revelation, could just be strictly by words by somebody ministering to you. It could be through a sacred plant. It could be through whatever, but whatever gets you to the point of revelation of seeing the oneness in all things and you being a part of that, okay, then that was the purpose of that thing. But what if, if it was this plant that brought you to the revelation, now you've had the revelation, it rocked your world, it changed your mind, now your life is different. You don't have to keep going back to the plant to remember that truth about yourself. Sometimes we kind of feel like that or we do at the beginning to really get it cemented in us, but eventually you've got to get to the point where you are that living revelation with or without the plant because you've already had the revelation. Absolutely, you know, and that's what we were discussing earlier about uh, the nature of sin, you know. Uh, we're supposed to deal with sin, and in the beginning we have a lot of issues to deal with. We have a lot of things that we have to bring into submission to the, you know, we have to, 
to the submission of Christ. You know, we have to take all of these thoughts captive that we're normally used to just letting our mind just wander and do what it wants to do. And we have to right. be responsible now, take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ, which is unconditional love for our neighbor, you know, as we love ourselves. But it's real easy to uh, to get caught up in, well, the only way I can do that is to continue taking this medicine. You know what I mean? And that's not true. You know, like with the sin, eventually we're supposed to get it right and stop doing the things that we know we shouldn't do instead of saying, well, God knows that we're going to do all of this bad stuff. And he, and he made, uh, he made uh, a, a way for me to be okay anyway by coming and dying on the cross. And that may be true that right. God loves us and knew that we were wicked, and that's why he came and died on the cross, because we weren't able to make the sacrifice ourselves. But at some point on the path, we are supposed to stop having all of those issues, you know. Right, if right. we are walking in the Spirit, we're putting the flesh to death. Or if we're walking in the flesh, we're putting the Spirit to death. That's Galatians. Paul yeah, speaking, yep. you know. So with the medicine, like I said, I've had it one time in three years, and that's because I was at a camping uh, small little music festival with some church family uh, in April, and I just felt the spirit say, okay, it's time. And I sat in front of the fire, and I was going through a lot of anxiety and depression again then, you know, just all of this stuff from all of the the church business, all of the things with just life. And it really helped me to ground myself again. You know, even though all I took was a very, very small amount. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, I'm, and, and I'm, that's, oh, it's okay. Go I'm, ahead. I'm sitting here just uh, reflecting back on something I haven't thought about in a long time. I'm almost like visually seeing it in front of me, but the first time I ever ate mushrooms, right? We was like, uh, I was just a young punk, a whole crowd of people that partied all the time. So we stayed out drinking all night, one night, and sun came up, and they was like, come on, we'll go get mushrooms. And I was like the last one to experiment with most things out of my friends. They was already doing all kinds of drugs and stuff. I just drank and smoked a little bit of weed, but I was like, I was, I was on a bender, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah, let's do it. We went out looking for mushrooms and stuff. Wound up getting some mushrooms, and then I drank it. I had a crazy trip, totally, totally threw me into another uh, realm. I didn't even know what to expect, so I was having a crazy trip. Then that night, they wound up throwing on the movie The Matrix when it had first come out on DVD. And I was, like, tripping balls while I watched that Matrix. Like, I was no spiritual intent or anything, you know? But I remember, like, I didn't know anything about The Matrix. You know, that, that was what, that was probably almost oh, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, something yeah. like that. So, I didn't even know anything about waking up. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't even know I was blind. I didn't even know. I didn't know anything about anything, you know. And here's this movie, The Matrix, which is so crazy and deep and layered. And then I'm on this on the mushroom trip, and I'm sitting there locked in a trance. I can't even move my body. All I could do is I could move my eyes and scan around the room a little bit. But this movie was right in front of me. I'm listening to everything they say. And, like, I started believing, you know. And next thing I know, I'm looking around the room like, none of this is even real. You know, and I remember having that experience about learning about a matrix, learning about a false reality connected to this first experience of mushrooms because whatever it did to assist 
in, in effect, it was like almost like a partner or a helper to the movie, you know, to get through to me or something. It was weird. Yeah. I've always had a spiritual experience, even when I wasn't looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm, right. I mean, it is spiritual. It opens up those uh, those places. I'm going to go ahead and see if uh, Matt is uh, able to come back on. So, Matt, what's going okay. on, man? You, you there? Matthew. Hello? Can you hear me? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Hey. Just enjoying the show today. Good to hear uh, from you, man. That has been resurrected uh, recently. <laughs> whole theogenic communion um and even divine well the other day i i had a weird experience where i felt that i should uh follow my intuition and just go to this one place had no idea why where how what but uh i eventually ended up there and um long story short uh, i was blessed that night with um some actually some liquid mushrooms um and it was a quite an experience that uh I would never ever recommend taking um, any medicine on while you're while you have the strong flu. But nonetheless, mm. even through that suffering, there was um, there was revelation. There was glory. There was um, God was definitely doing a work within me, and it was definitely Him who orchestrated uh, me running into those and getting them for free. That's awesome, man. How would you? Um you know what I'm saying, uh, speak to the disconnect that this is something that um, Christians shouldn't be involved with, because I know you're a believer as well. I don't know if you call yourself a Christian, but you are a believer in the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and him making atonement for our sins, man. How do you justify that um, biblically and just knowing, you know what I'm saying, what it does to you? Uh, I justify it uh, many different ways, um, especially mm-hmm. uh, one of the first ways is that uh, just in my my deepening of just understanding um, history, God, scriptures, how everything works together, I've been noticing even more and more and more how just this, like the the mainstream Christianity that completely is opposed to any possible potential use of mind-altering plants that were created by God and given to us by God, that that form of uh, completely blind Christianity is uh actually kind of the antichrist religion in a sense and it's replacing christ with this um intellectual mentality rather than an experiential reality mm-hmm. and um that's and interesting that, that you said antichrist you know i'm sorry go yeah. ahead finish what you were saying no it it, it is um but just on that note um one of the things that uh medicine has helped teach me was you know i I get stuck in my head a lot. I'm an intellectual guy. I read. And um, even though I grew up in the church and I I definitely knew God and was aware of him, as I began to have more awakening experiences through psychedelics, I began to realize that, like, my conception of God, and not just my conception, but my connection, like, where I went when I wanted to talk with him was more of an intellectual uh, head thing of neurons. Like, I would go into my head to pray to God rather than into my heart. And um, it really helped, like, expose this um, this false god that I had created in my head that was just the accumulation of doctrine and what everyone told me that god was. But once I began to get uh, get all that peeled away, 
begin to experience God for, for who he is and uh, experience him personally rather than just hearing about him. Not that I had not experienced him before, but it was such a new intimacy. Um, yeah. And then through that, I also, like, I began researching this and I began um, kind of just really getting into it because it's something that, you know, it's it's quite amazing. It's, it's quite... Um, I don't know how to put it, but it's something that definitely wants to do again. And in that, um, like in seeking out if it was okay or not, I began to find out that actually like a lot of the stuff in the Bible was written with the aid of entheogens, and it even says it. And um, there are even places where it points towards uh, the ancient priesthoods using plants created by God to get into deeper communion with him to get past our own barriers and boundaries and to just, you know, slingshot right into his presence. And um, there's even veiled metaphor of mushrooms in the Bible in multiple mm-hmm. places, both Old and New Testament. And I, I realized that it was kept secret for a reason um, because uh, you guys probably all know how how big the potential for abuse is. Yeah. But um, so it was kept from those who uh, had no knowledge, those who were stuck on the the more literalist, the more like just you have to believe this and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you live. You just have to accept this doctrine. And um, I I don't know, just my experiences with with also reading the Bible and other scriptures on mushrooms uh, has opened up pathways of understanding that has just shown me that this plant created by God for our benefits was created by God for our benefit. I know that that sounds simple and stupid and redundant, but it's, it was created by God. This was not a mistake. This is not a trick of the enemy. It's created for us. And that was kind of what solidified that within me was that, uh, or solidified the reality that these are, okay when properly used was that not only is it common sense that God created it for our benefit, but the ancient priesthoods used it. Uh, some of the books of the Bible were written on experiences of it. And even my experiences myself, like even without scriptures, without anything external, um, I experienced the internal word through um, that entheogen really just, I don't know, peeled away the layers of religious dogma that had accumulated over yeah. the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting, though. You talk about uh, the trickery of the enemy, and that's what people want to call this. And what really is the trickery of the enemy is exactly what you call the Antichrist Church. I, do the, I call it that, too. You know, it's those that say that everything that God created is evil— and the only thing that's divine is this doctrine that has nothing to do with the gospel that they yeah. serve. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's really, really mind-blowing, and I, it's hard to understand. And it the is. only thing that I've gotten in Scripture or, or from prayer is that, you know, that that plank that's in the eye of everybody that Christ talked about, you know, that we have to remove the plank from our own eye to, to see clearly to remove the speck from our brother's eye is just really 
you know, uh, it's, it's, that's what people can't see through. You know, they, yeah. they can't see the true word of God because they're not inhabited by the Spirit of God, which is the only thing that can understand the true word of God. You know, yeah. only the word understands the word. You know, and, and people aren't taught to truly be reborn. They're taught to say prayers. You know, yeah. and they're saved, you know, which is why one of our uh, things in our code of ethics says that we don't claim to be able to save people with this church. You know, mm-hmm. people have to do that themselves. They have to ask for that themselves. You know, um, there's a real um, disconnect there because it's kind of kind of ties in what you're saying about just believing a doctrine and nothing else matters. Right. So, um Somebody wrote an article about me, and I and I, I found it online uh, about two weeks ago, and I shared it on Facebook just out of like, hey, this person wants publicity, you know, you know, I'm gonna give you the publicity now. And so all of my fans and all, all my people, they all seen it, and they all commented on there. And he was like painting me to be this devil worshiper and someone who's twisting the Bible, and you know, all of these things that I was a false prophet of God, all kind of stuff like that. And then people on there like. You know, Derek's a good guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back. You know, he's been there for me when nobody else would. And people were just saying all these different um, accolades that I've done for them and how I was a good father and a good husband and consistent on my job and my work ethic and all of this stuff. And uh, he said, and he would just kept reiterating, that don't mean anything. That don't mean anything. He believes this. My contention, I'm not saying that he's bad for that. He's bad because he doesn't believe Blah 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 or whatever, and I was like, I'm blown away by the fact that with this antichrist church, what we're talking about, this this uh, false doctrine that's rampant, is that all you have to do is believe a certain type of way, and you can do anything. And so they would yeah. promote people who are cheaters or somebody who can't hold down a job, somebody who is not uh, diligent in their work ethic, and all of these things, and people who were just backbiters and stuff. Like, as long as you believe this doctrine, you're cool with us versus um, believing this doctrine that uh, is going to show your works, right? Because your belief will show your works, you know? And I can I cannot tie those together how um, we can demonize somebody for just a belief system, but the works that come out of it are beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't understand that 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 disconnect at all man and it's something that's super rampant in the church. They don't care what you do, but they care about what you believe and what you profess uh to believe and it's crazy man. Well, it's doctrines written by demons is what Paul called it. Yeah. You know, that's uh that's exactly what it is and that they love their own, you know. I mean, it's it's evident. It's right there in front of your face, you know. It's and I have a brother that I love very, very much, but he is a Methodist pastor. And even though he's very open-minded and very much uh, not somebody that just damns people, I've talked to him about this experience years ago before I even started this church or any other church for that matter, because we were Interlight Ministries before we got involved with NAC. And he told me that one of the things that the Methodist organization makes them do to become a a pastor is that they have to take an oath that they'll never use anything that alters their consciousness. 
Does that include now coffee? that same? What's that? Does that include coffee? Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. You know, they they say they make them take these oaths that are d- directed specifically at things like alcohol and the mushroom and cannabis and the peyote cactus and any of these sacraments that we're speaking of, the aboga plant, you know, uh, the ayahuasca vine and, and leaf that is used, you know, they are told that they, in order to be a servant of God, they have to make an oath that they'll never use these natural God-given plants ever in their life. And that is a trick. That's the trick of the enemy, to keep people's minds closed and locked into doctrine. Because what they talk about is making a decision for Christ. Like you're saying, you know, uh, so-and-so made a decision for Christ. We're so happy, and they celebrated, and they fly all over the the world to go get people to make decisions for Christ. And then once they've made the decision, like you said, it doesn't matter how you live your life anymore. You know, you've made the decision, so now you've got a free get-out-of-hell card or get-into-heaven card or however you want to say it, and that is the blasphemous doctrine that needs to be shot down, you know, um, that's why we need a new reformation. You know, uh, Martin Luther called out the Catholic church when they were wicked and evil and just completely selling salvation, uh, literally selling it, you know, and, um, it's time for that to happen again. We need enough people to stand up and say, this is not the way of God. And this is not the way of Christ. And we need to stand up and say it loud. Whether people want to use these medicines or not, um, you know, that doesn't matter, you know, in in that, you know, point. You know, people find God through, like you said, meditation in many different ways, but they can't find God if they're stuck banging their head against a door that's never going to open. That's mm-hmm. just been jammed shut with ignorance and and people just blindly following things that they were taught generation after generation. And I totally believe that that's what the scripture speaks about, about the sins of the fathers are revisited on the children. You know, that's not because God is a vindictive God and wants to punish kids for what their parents did. It's because we teach our children what we were taught and there's nothing to break the cycle until somebody you know, receives the spirit of God through worshiping Jesus Christ truly and walking the path of light and breaking the cycle in their life so that they can break the cycle from being passed to their children. Yeah. You know, I, I thank God for, uh, for that in my life because my children would definitely be completely different if I had stayed the man I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it wouldn't be a good thing. You know? Well, if somebody's listening to the show, man, and they feel that calling, like they they feel like this substance is calling to them, this this sacred mushroom, this this encounter is calling them. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They want to get involved with the church. Tell us about the steps that you have to take if somebody wants to schedule uh, a session with you guys or or, or come sit in on a, a ceremony. Give us a little bit of information about what they want, what what they need to do if they want to make that happen. Um. 
Well, what we have to do is uh, just talk to each person uh, about their, uh, you know, their life, their reasonings behind wanting to become the church. Um, obviously, like you you said, there's a big potential for people that just want to abuse this and uh, and misuse things as much as we hope and wish that that didn't happen, you know. But anybody interested can send emails to innerlightnac at yahoo.com. That's our uh, email and to ask for information. And we set up either phone conversations or personal meetings, depending on how far people are from us to talk to them about why they want to join and what their uh, reasons are for uh, wanting medicine and when we feel the people are sincere, then we send out approval letters for them to join the church um, through. It's all done online, and uh, we'll send out approval letters and information about how to, to make that happen. Um, the Our main branch out of Utah requires a $30 contribution to join you into the church because we have IDs that have to be made and sent, you will get a photo ID with a federal ID number that's assigned to your name, and all of that costs money, and that's the only reason that we ask for those fees and that they are mandatory in the beginning, but that is then a, a lifetime membership in the church. You know, there's never any other obligation for uh, donations, although we have to have donations to function and be able to help people because with this wellness center, we don't want to ever have to turn people away because they don't have funds. You know, uh, we don't ever want to turn into something like that. We don't want to charge any fees for anybody. Uh, but with that said, we have to have funding. We have to be able to buy land because one of the major objections we've had from law enforcement and other people is that we are supposed to be on our own land that's church property, you know, and we've been doing these uh, ceremonies in places like public parks and, uh, you know, national parks and state parks and anywhere we can find that's a quiet, peaceful place that it can be controlled. Um, but now with all of this, attention and like i said a lot of it has been not so friendly um we feel like that uh we really need to have private land whether it's land that, that the church purchases or is donated to us or it's land that uh, a member has that uh we can have these ceremonies on um but uh, we also you know are just looking for people that may not want to join the church but still want to help with this movement and yeah. believe in the uh in the you know uh power of the medicines we understand that people have a lot of problems with the name jesus because of these false churches and these false doctrines and i know that anybody i've ever sat down with that had those problems haven't had the problems with me after the end of the conversation because exactly. they understand who Jesus Christ really is and that they were lied to by people that want to beat them down with, with whatever it is that they were beat down by, you know? Um, and there's millions of different ways that happens as we all know through yeah. the, the modern Christian church. Um, you can also find information at interlightnac.org. That's our, uh, independent branch, uh, website. And we're also on 
Facebook at uh, Inner Light Aquaba Native American Church. So yes. the bottom line is that we all have to just talk and uh, and see where people are, and we just try to meet people where they're at and and ask God what they need and help them however we can. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I know it's something very small right now, but I think the vision behind it is really big. So anybody out there who's listening, man, if you have um, some money and you feel led to donate, definitely go to their website, innerlightnac.org. Um, I know that certain people are uh, blessed and gifted in that that area to be able to uh, sow into a ministry like this financially, whereas other people cannot. But if you're blessed on that level and you feel a connection or you want to get up with these guys, definitely do so. They need all the help that they can get. Uh, I think that we need to get over the fear of speaking about this stuff. Um, Me, uh, Dan, and Matt were talking maybe even a year ago about doing this particular podcast, but it's been this long. And and I've, I've talked to each one of these guys about it, just getting over the hurdle of the fear of talking about it, something that we feel so strongly about something that has so many beautiful benefits, something that it will connect you to God in the spirit of God. And so if you have any fears, man, it's time to get over the fear because all people are looking for is for somebody to speak up. And for you to speak up, then they're just going to confirm something within them. And they'll know, I'm telling you, man, I've seen it time and time again as being a forerunner of just speaking on things that God has given me that sound uh that it, that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't hear anybody talking about. And so no Christians are talking about this. So we have to go to the secular people, the secular guys, the scientists, the, the doctors. There's so many people who are doing the research in this. But as believers, man, we believe that Christ plays a big part in this, man, that Christ is, is love who is incarnated in, in the form of a man. And then so when we're talking about healing, we're talking about love, definitely you guys feel a connection if you want to get up with Chris Rushing and the um, Native American Church of Inner Light. It's in Warrior, Alabama. Definitely do so. Me and my crew are going to take a trip up there very soon. Um, become a member. Uh, support it financially. Whatever you got to do, spread the word. Share the article. Share the podcast. Share the website. All of that good stuff, man, because all of this spreads awareness. Because even with uh, a podcast like this and we're speaking highly of of the substance and, and, and Christ and what um, God's doing in, in Brother Chris's life. There's other people who are blogging right now, and even after they hear this, they're blogging to tear down this work and, and calling him blasphemous and, and saying that we are deceived and things like that. So all of the positive reinforcements that we can do to talk about this, to fund it, I'm telling you, all of it matters. So make sure you hit the share button on this. And, and, and definitely get plugged in with what um, this brother's doing. Uh, before we get off the f- phone, there's a couple more topics I wanted to touch on really quick. wanted to get your take on the, the term, what this means to you, the Church of Inner Light, simply because that word has been ringing so true um, in my spirit for the last couple months, Inner Light. I was, wanting to na- I was thinking about naming this podcast the inner light podcast, you know what I'm saying? So what does that mean to you, man? Let me get, let me, let me hear some of your revelation on, on inner light and what that means. Um, well, when I knew that we were going to start a ministry in 2011, I um, was praying about what to call it, what our images will be, uh, you know, for it and everything on our business cards on things like that. And, God just gave me that word, and I kept seeing that those words, inner light, and I started uh, realizing that, you know, 
that's what we all have inside of us that just has to be tapped into. And the key to that is Jesus Christ. And, mm-hmm. you know, when the teachers of the law ask Jesus, where is this kingdom of heaven that you speak of and when will we see it? He told them that they misunderstand that the kingdom isn't here or there, it's within you. And that's what just really hit home with yeah. me was I just kept hearing inner light and mm-hmm. it meant so much to me after what I had felt manifest through me as I started walking the path. And uh, well, that said, I want to say something that I meant to say a minute ago about the whole uh, the thing you said about there's not many Christians that believe in this. And this is something that I've uh, spoken to with other doctors and researchers is that one of the things that the researchers don't talk about as much on their uh, their you know websites where they have you know their uh, writings about what they found is the majority of the people involved in the research with psilocybin and other psychedelic research or entheogenic is a better word research uh, they is that they are all believers in Christ mm-hmm. almost all of them are believers in Christ and they are in some sort of Christian church or Christian faith. And that's something that I didn't realize was the case, but it's been very, um, you know, helpful to me, you know, to realize that the people that are dedicating their lives to this are my brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Uh, and that's very positive and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because we are so uh, used to, like you said, that being so taboo in that uh, circle of people. Yeah, definitely. But, um, inner Man. light just means God, you know, the God within us, mm-hmm. you know, that Christ said we should connect with. That's what's up. Um, Matt, if, did did you have anything else you wanted to share, man, before we end the show? I'm going I'm to bring Dan back into it to give you, let you give you, you know, one last statement. But you had anything, Matt? That you want to that you think would benefit believers who were were contemplating doing this or felt like it was calling them. Um, <clears throat> I guess I just want to uh, encourage people to make sure that you find a uh, a safe space or a, a contained environment where you can just unwind for a while and just spend time alone with the divine. Um, you know, books and scriptures help and should be something there to flip through in case the, the spirit leads you left or right. But um, just whenever you take them, make sure you spend the time inside. Don't spend all the time just looking out at all the pretty colors. Look at all the pretty colors within as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. That's the uh... color, the light. <laughs> Sorry, what? What was that? Um, I, I was pretty much done. I was just, um, yeah, just make sure you spend time looking at the colors from the light, as in the light of the world, the, the light of the light, instead of all the yeah. colors. Yeah. That's really interesting that you're saying that, because that's something else that we have been discussing in depth lately is, um, you know, the way that we have personal therapy with somebody when when we're not having fire ceremony obviously when a lot of us gather 
we don't go just straight within ourselves. We have communion with each other. But when we have personal therapy sessions with people, that's exactly what they do. They lay down with a mask that blocks out all light and usually have earphones on and they go completely within themselves and have music uh, that I'll pray and ask God to tell me what kind of music they need or what playlists. I have different playlists that I've saved. Uh, in the research, they usually use uh, classical music. I use everything from, you know, just, you know, classical, well, not really classical, but, you know, just any kind of music. You know, I've never really thought about the classical part of it, but the inner light is so significant because light in this world only exists when our eye reads light, you know, and color, I mean, color only, only exists when our eye registers light and it shows us what different frequencies that photons are bouncing off of are called what we have been taught are green, red, yellow, orange. And when we close our eyes and go inside ourselves, Obviously, our eyes are no longer interpreting the light on the outside, yet we see some of the most brilliant, amazing colors that we never see in this in this consciousness, you know, uh, and that's a, an amazing thing that, that I, I believe that uh, you touched on there about going inside yourself and letting God do the work instead yeah. of trying to set up a beautiful place it's nice to have a beautiful place and you need to have a comfortable space like you're saying and it's good to have a god with you or somebody there that's versed in what these medicines do uh to help but it's a it's very important to let yourself go and try not to hold on to control to let go as much as possible and lay there and let yourself just be taken away by the medicine, by God, let it, let the spirit do what it wants. And you will find some of the most amazing revelations and beauty that you've ever experienced or ever will for that matter until we leave this body. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I put it in my music, you know, all the colors, them alone, they are worth seeing. Am I awake? Can you tell me if I'm really dreaming? Symbols and numbers as I decipher the sacred meaning. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Dan, what's going on, man? You got a closing statement? Yeah, trying to mute out my crying baby in the background. I just wanted to say two things. One thing is uh, what you're eating around the time of having the experience can be very important. Like if you've been eating, especially if people are eating meat and stuff, uh, if you've got a lot of stuff in your system that hasn't been broken down and digested yet, it can, it can block the assimilation you know, if you're drinking a tea or something, man, my baby's crying, probably ruining this. But if you have a lot of stuff in your system, your system's trying to break it down, it can interfere with the the amount that you'll be able to assimilate into your bloodstream and actually feel the effects. You can even wind up wasting it, you know. if you So you might want to prepare, like, if you're really considering it a sacred experience, maybe that day, maybe even fast for that day or yeah. just eating fruits and vegetables before you have the experience. And uh, I think that whatever the vibes of the food inside of you, too, at that time can affect your experience. And then I just wanted to say, man, it's awesome that you're doing this show. Because, like I said, honestly, like three different people in the last day have asked me about, reached out to me. I just had an in-depth conversation this morning with somebody on the other side of the world. They were reaching out to me, asking me about the subject. And I'm glad I'll just be able to send a link to this right to them. And Mm -hmm. I think that more and more... 
it, this topic, the topic of weed, the topic of um, mushrooms, the topic of natural mind-altering substances, and we think all the time right, when you hear mind-altering that it's making you like, you know, out of control or whatever. It just poison or something. Yeah. Sh- sh- right, it's just shifting uh, the perception of the mind and letting you have this experience. I think that these things are going to become more and more obvious and apparent, and you're going to hear a lot more people talking about it until it just becomes understood. And that's why it's good, like you said, about being a front runner. Um, I think one of the number one things just to remember about all this, because I think it's going to be the same situation with weed in the States because now weed is becoming legalized everywhere. But you know what? I don't live in the country. Every time I go back, I see more and more the weed industry changing and growing, you know, and what happens was when anything becomes a product and money gets involved, it just keeps building new, new forms. And then they get, they want to have more potent, you know, and then new different things you can do with it. And then they're, Next thing you know, they're doing dabs and they've got machines and they're doing all this stuff and they got super <laughs> bubonic, unnatural potency of stuff, you know. And it's not saying that those things can't be used and, and harnessed, but it's not the way that it's naturally occurring. And so with all things, people need to learn modesty, you know, yeah. how to have um, discretion and self-control and to just use the right amounts and to use it with correct intention stuff because... Um, the spirit will lead and guide us. If your if your intentions are pure, and uh, you know you're not trying to go overboard or just give give into the desires of self or some kind of experience, but keep it pure. Um, yeah. Yeah. The spirit will lead and guide you. Yeah, Dan, go ahead yeah. and plug your uh, radio show right quick, man. All right. Cool. Yeah, we're coming on in about an hour. It's called Truth Underground. You can go to truthundergroundlive.com, and uh, we'll be live from 9 to 11 Eastern Time. And uh, last night we got into a lot about electric foods, alkaline, vegan diet, and um, the interaction with us being electrical machines. We talked about a lot of different things. Um, tonight, last, last night and this morning, somebody was asking me a little bit about fasting, so I think we're going to jump into fasting a little bit. Tonight, we'll have probably try and take some calls the second hour. So that's from 9 to 11, truthundergroundlive.com. You can listen live there. And, uh, yeah, man. Appreciate you calling in, Dan, dude. It means a lot. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, I appreciate uh, everybody uh, calling in and being a part of just trying to spread this truth. You know, it's uh, it's really uh, it really helps me to have a lot more positive vibes in my life to know that there's brothers out there that care. Yeah. So I appreciate it. I want to thank all, all of you. We actually and, we uh, actually did a podcast like this about what? Shoot, that was about three, four years ago, but we had anonymous IDs, you know, we was like nervous and scared about oh, yeah. coming out and talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's just how it is, man. You know, we have to get out there, man. It's like, uh, it's like you say, you know, or y'all are saying, you know, who's going to do it, you know, unless we're on the forefront, right? Yeah. You know, we have to go and tell people so that they can uh, hear it and feel empowered and say, yeah, you know what, I felt the same thing, you know. And yeah. then we can, uh, we can it's make It's not so changes. scary when you're not alone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. There's three of us here, that's four exactly of us right. talking and agreeing on it. It's not so scary when you you got a couple other people backing you up and saying, "Yeah, for real, I can confirm what he's saying because I had that same exactly. experience." You know? Mhm. 
Awesome. Yeah, and I think it is the gospel, man. I think it is good news. So I think that anything that we deal okay. with universally is good news, man. That we should we should we should tell it, you know, from the mountain, man. You know what I'm saying? It, something that helped us, something that blessed us, and not to be afraid with it. People, because people say, well, I, you know, I I'd rather just talk about the gospel. You guys are into some other things. I rather just keep it to the gospel. Well, this is the gospel. You know, this yeah, is absolutely truth, truth, the mm-hmm. truth will set you free. You know, the truth, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, you know, anything that brings truth yep. is part of that, exactly. you know, and that is uh, everything that God created, you know, that's not chosen darkness. You know, uh, uh, I deal with that with a lot of people that believe that God has darkness in him, because if darkness exists here, that it's got to be a part of the creator because everything flows from the creator. And that is not the truth. You know, God created free will and free will is what created darkness because people choose it. You know, God doesn't want darkness. Darkness didn't exist before Lucifer chose darkness for the first time. It was a foreign thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Well, once again, man, dude, thanks for coming on the on, on the show. I know we're going to be yeah, doing a lot you. more stuff together. I I'd, I'd love to have you back on. We're going to try to get you down to Mobile. We're, I'm still working on that. I've ma- been making some phone calls, trying to find the perfect place. But everybody in Mobile, get ready. We're going to have Chris down here to do a speaking and teaching as well. Um, also, listen, if, um, trust me, guys. I can't reiterate it enough. I'm not begging for your money. But if God has blessed you, some people are blessed in this area. God has positioned people financially for them to give, to bless others and be a blessing. If, if, if that's you, if you feel like you want to partner with this ministry, go to inner, innerlightnac.org and give to what these guys are building, man, because we need people on the front lines doing this. They have the facility. Like I said, we're going to be going there. Let's make this happen, guys. Spread this awareness and let's make it happen. So, uh, Chris, man, do you have anything in closing that we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure that you got out? Well, I just want to say that that's what we're trying to work towards is having a facility. Um, right now, we don't have a place where we can, uh, you know, have a safe place for people, which is why I have not been doing promoting it, yeah. any, uh, anything much uh, at all other than with specific members that have their own homes that we go to and have okay. private safe places. But right now we have to get land and we have to create the spaces so that we can have a safe place. We want to build small little, uh, you know, cabins where people can come and they can have their own space and they don't have to come in, have the medicine and leave. We want to give them three days, a day of prayer and preparation, a day for the medicine and a day of reflection. Oh yeah. And even longer if they want that, you know, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that this space is there and, and every bit of that costs money, sad to say, you know, but it is the world we live in and we believe that God will move the hearts of those who, uh, who have the funds and can help. I believe it. I'm believing with you, man. And there's so many places that are, opening up around the u.s where people are taking people in to do this so it is something that is growing but what is super duper unique about you guys is that the focus of christ man the focus of 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 having this intimacy and relationship and encounter with jesus dude and bringing him into that situation nothing dude like he is 
the exception, man. He is the overseer. Like he, he guards you and guides you with peace and protection. Like I can't, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, man. So the reason you guys are doing it and you guys have Christ in the center of it, that's, that's what, that's what separates you guys from the rest, man. And we're going to be um, behind it, backing it and pushing it out there, man, for, for the awakening and people who are um, just going down this path. So anybody has any questions or comments, you can leave them in the comment area. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel and like the video, share it. Like I said, it means so much. Thanks for coming on, Chris. We're going to do it again. Thank you. You, I really appreciate it, Derek. And uh, you have a great night and good night to everybody. God bless. God bless, man. Peace. Uh, All right, man. Yeah, dude, thanks thanks for coming on. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.